0: Welcome to the World War II Radio Podcast. Today we have a series of short news updates and other broadcasts from this week in February 1943. First, we have a brief announcement of the new policy of rationing shoes on the home front. The next two are BBC reports on the Battle of Stalingrad. And our final segment is a news update from WKBN of Youngstown, Ohio, The World War II Radio Podcast is a Brick Pickle Media production. If you like the show, please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen. And for more, be sure to visit our website at brickpicklemedia.com slash podcasts, where you can find links to past episodes as well as some other great background. So thanks for listening. Enjoy today's episode of the World War II Radio Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
2: Price Administrator Prentice M. Brown announces that effective today, shoes are rationed. This includes all shoes with leather or rubber soles. Wartime requirements make this necessary. Every person will be entitled to buy one pair of new shoes during the next four months. There are only three things you must know. First, no shoes may be sold to consumers until Tuesday. Second, beginning Tuesday, every person is entitled to buy one pair of shoes with stamp number 17 of War Ration Book 1, the Sugar and Coffee Book. Third, The shoe stamp from the ration book of one member of a family may be used for any other member of that family group living in the same household. And here is a special word for shoe dealers. Remember, shoes cannot be sold at retail until Tuesday morning, but dealers may make and receive shipments and place orders as usual within the trade. Beginning Tuesday, retailers must collect stamp number 17 from War Ration Book 1 for every pair sold to consumers. Supplies are large enough to provide everyone with shoes and to give everyone his fair share. Good night, everybody.
1: This is Ken Kropfman, speaking for the Carapuse Company, inviting you to listen again next week for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve.
3: League. The streets of Stalingrad, if you can give the name to open spaces between ruins, still bare all the marks of battle. There's a usual litter of helmets and weapons, stacks of ammunition, papers fluttering in the snow, books from dead Germans, and any number of smashed corpses lying where they fell or stacked up in great frozen heaps for later burial. Stalingrad can never be repaired. It will have to be rebuilt from the beginning. But even though all its buildings are wrecked, there's life in it still. Along the narrow stretch of cement-colored cliff by the river, which the Russians held through long months of assault, there's a city of dugouts. Dugouts occupied by the soldiers who've not yet left and by a few women who stayed behind to launder and cook for the men. There's a real holiday atmosphere among these people today. They're the proudest men and women I've ever seen. They know they've done a terrific job and have done it well. Their city's been destroyed but they smashed the invader by sheer stubbornness and unconquerable courage. These men and women fought and worked for months with their backs to the river that they'd sworn never to retreat across, facing an enemy who held the only dominating height in Stalingrad and could pound them with shells and mortars unceasingly by day and night.
1: The triumphant conclusion of the Battle of Stalingrad with the capture of eight more German generals and 45,000 other prisoners in the past two days has overshadowed the rest of the news from Russia. But our allies have kept up their great advance on the southern front. The programs of the German radio were interrupted this afternoon to broadcast the special communique. It was followed by sustained funeral drum rolls and by slow music, then by the national anthem and a three-minute silence. A little later, it was announced that Goebbels had ordered all places of entertainment to be closed for three days. When this announcement was broadcast, it was followed by more slow music. It has also been announced that the whole public life of Germany for these three days will be given over to mourning.
4: The Olive Tablet Company, the makers of Dr. Edward's Olive Tablets, present the latest United Press news. Thousands of men and women today who suffer from improper elimination with its headaches, upset stomach, and loss of pep are finding wonderful relief by taking Dr. Edward's Olive Tablet. It's one of the very best laxities that you can buy. For years, Dr. F.M. Edwards successfully treated scores of his patients with Olive Tablets. The active ingredients in olive tablets are highly praised by some of the highest medical authorities. So if you suffer from faulty elimination, just take one or two according to directions, and then in the morning see how physically bright and chipper you should feel. Dr. Edwards' olive tablets are sold by all drugstores. They cost only 15 cents a box, and they're also available in larger sizes. And now to the news. The Axis is on the receiving end of an unprecedented Allied offensive in the War of Nerves, a preliminary to what's expected to be an invasion of Europe within the next nine months. A new salvo in the War of Words will be delivered by President Roosevelt tonight in a radio address. The time is 9.30 Eastern wartime, and the President's address will be carried by WKBN. Military observers in the Allied capitals are taking pains to emphasize that when the storm breaks over Europe, It may come at any one or several of a number of places. Norway, Denmark, Holland, France, Italy, and Greece all are under speculation as logical points of attack and the Germans are displaying a case of jitters as they rush preparations to meet the approaching assault. Finland comes in for its share of attention in this war of nerves. Reports from Helsinki say that Prime Minister Churchill met the Finnish minister to Turkey during his recent visit there. And diplomatic sources in Stockholm say that certain Finland... Sources want to get out of the war. A hint that Finland might be granted favorable terms by Russia was contained in an address by Secretary Alexander Gorkin of the Supreme Soviet. He said in an article broadcast by Moscow Radio that Russia does not aim to capture foreign lands or subjugate foreign peoples. On the war fronts, in Russia, Germany's grip on Kharkov and Rostov is being loosened by the Red Army despite savage Axis counterattacks. Kharkov, the industrial capital of the Ukraine, has been brought within artillery range, and four Russian columns are edging toward the city from three directions. A powerful force of German stormtroopers, the pick of the Nazi army, has been routed in a violent battle southeast of Kharkov, and the British radio says that Russian long-range guns are shelling the city's outskirts. Five of the eight railroads leading from the city are said to have been cut, and observers believe that Kharkov's doom virtually is sealed. To the southeast... The Russians are constricting the Germans into a narrow triangle at Rostov, which also is reported under heavy Soviet artillery fire. To the south in Africa, snow and rainstorms have virtually immobilized the Tunisian land front, but Allied planes are getting through to harass the enemy positions at Senid and McNassie. Although the Allied headquarters reported all quiet on land, the London Daily Mail correspondent describes new small advances near Bizerte, the Axis big naval base. He reports that an Italian garrison yesterday was pushed from three or four strong points. Around the world in the Pacific, new raids against the Japanese positions on Central Solomon have been carried out by American planes based on Guadalcanal Island. A Navy communique says that Martin Marauders, escorted by Bell Air Cobras and Lockheed Lightnings, attacked the Japanese base in Munda on New Georgia Island. Bomb hits started fires in the target area. A few hours later, The same combination of planes attacked the enemy positions on Kulambangara Island. A large fire was started, and one enemy plane was shot down. On New Guinea, Allied forces have smashed a Japanese drive against the Allied airport at Wahoo, New Guinea. Nearly a 1,000 Japs were killed, and many more are believed to have been wounded in the 12-day battle, which ended with the Japs withdrawing under pressure toward Mubo, 19 miles northeast of Wahoo. General MacArthur's airmen also have been busy with new attacks on the Rabaul area, and the Japanese held portion of the northern New Guinea coast. Remember, one of the most satisfactory laxatives that you can buy today from your drugstore is Dr. Edwards' olive tablets. You see, olive tablets are a purely vegetable tonic laxative. They actually tone up muscular intestinal action. They not only aid in elimination, but they also pep up lazy biliary action to help digest fatty foods. So if you're bothered by faulty elimination, Just take one or two olive tablets tonight, according to directions, and then in the morning, see how much better you should feel. So full of pep, so bright and mentally alert. Dr. Edwards' olive tablets cost only 15 cents a box. They're also available in larger sizes. And they're sold by drugstores everywhere. And now back to the news and on the home front, we find that housewives will find their marketing greatly simplified under a new program of control of food prices being worked out by the OPA. Within the next three months, the OPA will establish exact dollars and cents prices for almost all foods. These prices will be clearly posted in grocery stores throughout the country. You've just heard the latest United Press News brought to you Monday through Friday at this hour by the Olive Tablet Company, the makers of Dr. Edwards' Olive Tablet. Many families are already saving fuel and enjoying a cleaner, more comfortable home. Equipped with the famous new Steel City Combination Storm windows. Due to the numerous requests, the wonderful new screen units of the Steel City Combination Storm windows are now available separately. This provides the home with two custom-built sliding insect-proof weather-resistant screens with a genuine California Redwood frames for each window. They carry the same lifetime guarantee given with all Steel City Combination Storm windows ordinary screens cannot give you the service and the ease of operation storm windows can be added to the same frame when desired and now here's a message to patriotic homeowners who want to make room for war workers without any inconvenience to you and without tearing up your home steel city combination storm windows can be used to make an extra room out of the ordinary porch yes with the use of steel city combination storm windows your porch can be turned into an extra room which will be comfortable both summer and winter. The cost is so small that the additional income received from an extra room will pay you for the change. Without any obligation to you, Steel City Home Modernization Company will send an expert to your home and show you how easily you can make an extra room, save fuel, and make your home more comfortable with Steel City Combination Storm Windows. Tomorrow, be sure to call the Steel City Home Modernization Company, 42 Linden Avenue, phone 45137. See a demonstration of the Steel City Combination Storm windows at the Ohio Penn Sales Company Bus Arcade in downtown Youngstown.